to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. And good afternoon, good evening, good morning. My name is Howie Silberger, and this is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. So happy to be with you. Glad you could spend some time with me. This is a pre-recorded show, so unfortunately you cannot call in. But we have we have a great show for you tonight. Uh, this is a, this is a show that um, that's been a long time in the making. Uh, I haven't been on for a while, as uh, as many of my my uh, longtime uh, listeners and viewers have uh, noticed. This show has been a hiatus for for quite a while. We had made an announcement a little while back that we were going to come back uh, that night, and unfortunately. There were factors that were completely out of my control that forced me to stay off the air until now. Even now, uh, I'm, I'm back on. I don't know how often I'll be back on. We'll, we're going to play it by ear. But uh, well, for now, we're here. Uh, the show is pre-recorded. I am busy uh, uh, preparing for Passover. Passover is coming up this week in a couple of days. So I'm busy preparing for Passover. So I decided to pre-record the show um, as to uh, not interrupt my Passover preparations, but also to get back on the air and to tell you that we're, we're back. Uh, I did a little show last uh, the other day uh, regarding the desecration of the Backstreet Shul. The uh, synagogue is the 108-year-old synagogue here in Montreal. It was uh, daubed with swastikas, and, um, and, and it's, it's really, it's really uh, revolting, I wouldn't say it's scary, and I wouldn't say that it's disturbing to me, but it's quite revolting that people could feel that they could just dab swastikas and run around with swastikas and and and, and just show swastikas with no regard to 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 how that affects people, how that affects uh, uh, people who who are descendants of of, of Holocaust uh, survivors or Holocaust victims who are who are who, are, who have a personal attachment to the Holocaust. Now I know the the message they're trying to send is a, is a message of hate, and a message of um, of of sheer ignorance because that's basically what it is. Uh, but at the same time, it kind of it's kind of bothersome. It's 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 quite bothersome actually that uh, people could run around with this kind of um, with these kind of symbols and, and display these kind of symbols unfeathered in society. The other day, uh, somebody told me just just today that the other day they walked into a a, a a provincial liquor commission store, a, a SAAQ, uh, and and they were going to buy Pesach wine. And as they were walking in, a six foot tall, three hundred and fifty pound man was walking out with a huge swastika emblazoned on his shirt. That means that the man was in a government sanctioned store, a government owned store, with government employees in the store. Walking around a liquor store, probably being served by somebody because there's always somebody there to serve you, with a huge swastika on his chest. Now, in my opinion, and I know my opinion is pretty humble and uh, pretty, pretty relevant, but in my opinion, if somebody walked into a store with a swastika emblazoned on their chest and, and, and decided to go and shop my store, my first reaction would be, uh, excuse me, sir, 
Uh, I have other customers who may be offended by what you have on your shirt. So you have two options. You could either cover up your shirt or you could get out of my store. This, this would be my reaction if I owned a store and somebody walked into the store with a swastika on them. Now, the man might throw a fit. The man might, uh, might go crazy. The man might, uh, might, might start screaming and yelling, call you a racist. <laughs> that would be ironic. The guy with the swastika calling you a racist, that would be ironic. But that could happen. And at the end of the day, by the time you, uh, by the time you finish fighting, uh, it might not really be worth the fight. You call the cops. The cops have to come and physically remove it. It might not actually be worth it, but it is worth it. It's worth it to send the message that this kind of of public displays of hatred are completely unacceptable, and they won't be accepted. And, and we we won't sit back idly and allow this stuff to happen. So the Backstreet Shul that was desecrated with swastikas. Thank God, Corey Fleischer, you know from Erase Hate, got there pretty quick to to erase the swastikas. And, 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 and save the doors, the hundred and odd-year-old doors of the synagogue. But, but it should never come down to that. Years ago, uh, I was doing a show, uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, I was doing a show, and we were talking about <laughs> swastikas dubbed on the synagogue. This is not a new occurrence. This has happened in the past, and this continuously happens. Uh, we don't hear about it most of the time because Federation likes hiding stuff that happens in the community from the community as to not create a panic. But this has happened in the past numerous times. And uh, we were talking about it one day on the show when the phone rang and the, and the caller tells me, why are you upset about swastikas daubed on a synagogue when there is a store in, on, on Mount Royal, there's a store that has T-shirts of Hitler and a big Nazi flag in the window. So why are you upset about a synagogue daubing when the store is showing you know, Nazi propaganda right there in the window? And so he gave me the name of the store and the address, and we looked into it, and sure enough, the store had Nazi propaganda in the window. They were selling T-shirts, uh, commemorative T-shirts, uh, of Hitler on vacation, Hitler at the beach, Hitler walking down the street. They were selling Nazi flags. It was a pure Nazi shop. They were selling anything you wanted Nazi. And, and I, I spoke to B'nai B'rith and I spoke to Sija and, and, and we, we, we talked about it. And this was around the same time that, um, that anti-Jewish, anti, uh, anti anti-Israel um, protesters were protesting against a small shoe store just a couple of blocks away. And I mentioned the store and they said, yeah, we know about it. It's been there for years. And I said, well, why, why is this store allowed to be displaying this, this, this kind of Nazi hate? Why, why are you allowing this? Well, because we know that if we protest in front of this store, I was told, then three other stores are going to open with Nazi hate. So might as well just leave them alone, let them do their thing. And in that case, you know, we, we don't have to worry about other stores opening up and, uh, and, and, and displaying Nazi propaganda. I thought about that for a second. I said, wow. Wow, Really? Really? So we're not going to take care of a problem because we think that maybe there'll be copycats who will, will, will commit the same problem, so we'll take care of them too. And, and the ones that copy them will take care of, and the ones that copy them will take care of, and we'll just keep taking care of them. I mean, this is why B'nai B'rith and Sija and, and all these organizations that counter hate exist, isn't it? They wouldn't exist if hate didn't exist. So this is their, this is really their, 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 um, their business. This is their bread and butter. 
by leaving a store there, I guess they have something to complain about. So, so, so if there is no other hate that, that arises in, 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 the, in the city at any given time, I guess they had something they could point to, a fallback. I mean, it's, it's horrible to think that way. It's quite cynical. I'm a pretty cynical guy when it comes to this stuff, but, um, but maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was a fallback. They are saying, heck, if nobody else is committing hate in the city, then we have a fallback. We can always go after the store. He's there, and he's going to be selling his hate uh, this week and next week and three weeks, so I don't have to worry too much about what he's doing now. I can worry about it later. And uh, it's not really affecting anybody. The Jewish community doesn't really care that he's there. There have been no protests. There's been no real people, you know, screaming about it. So if nobody's screaming about it and there's no protest about it, then why should we care? Why should we care? And it's a good, it's a good question. It's a darn good question. It's the best question I've heard all week. It's a great question. Why should we care? If they don't care, why should we care? If nobody cares, then why should anybody care? It's quite frustrating, if you ask me. And I find it frustrating, uh, and this is why I've kind of given up on, uh, on relying on the organized Jewish community, the official Jewish community, as they call themselves, to deal with anything. I, I, don't, I don't rely on them. I don't count on them. I don't expect them to do anything. And, and, you know, when you have low expectations or no expectations, I guess at that point, when they do something, you're impressed. So when they came out with statements saying, hey, we condemn this thing, I was impressed because they used the word condemn. In the past, they've only used the word, we're saddened by it. I'm saddened when a cat dies. I'm saddened when an animal gets hurt. I'm saddened when someone gets robbed. That saddens me. When a synagogue gets desecrated, when a, a cemetery gets desecrated, I'm outraged. I'm not saddened. There's no sadness. That's the wrong emotion. Anger is the emotion that should be. I am angered by it. I am mad about it. I am, I am absolutely outraged by it. That should really be the language used when these kind of things happen. Unfortunately, we try to shelter people. Oh, we don't want to trigger anybody. <laughs> you know, we live in a world of triggers. We don't want to trigger anybody. I was reading the Gazette this past weekend, the Montreal Gazette, and uh, they don't talk about homeless people anymore. Now they're unhoused people. What, what, what's wrong with the word homeless? Oh, it's degrading. And unhoused isn't degrading? <laughs> Come, on. Come on. Who are we fooling? It's just such a joke. And I find it more and more of a joke as we go. We go. Somebody recently told me that, uh, that we can't use the word suicide anymore. Unfortunately, the word suicide is a trigger word. <laughs> suicide is a trigger word? Who are we triggering? People who killed themselves already? Instead, we shoot the word unlived. They're unlived. You can't use the word dead anymore. You have to use the word unlived. Unlived? It's not even a word. It, it's not even a... It, it doesn't... It's not a word. But that's the word they want you to use. Unlived. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It is, uh, it is so scary. The, the way we are going, the direction that this world is heading in, is scarier and scarier. I know I'm starting to sound like an old man. I've been doing this show since, my, since I was in my mid-20s. And, uh, and even 20 years ago, and 25 years ago when I, when I was doing the show, I still, I still would find this absurd. This is something that's totally, 
totally uh, crazy. And we got to back it up. We got to bring it back because once we once we once we accept lunacy as normal, once we accept insanity as normal, there's no going back. You can't turn it around. You can't you can't say, "Okay, we accepted it as normal yesterday, but today we're not going to accept it as normal." And 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 so we we have to be careful about what we what we accept and what we don't accept. Now, I can't go too deep into this topic, and I, I won't go too deep into this topic. We already have one strike on YouTube. If we go too deep into this topic, they're going to strike us again because freedom of speech doesn't exist anymore. I expressed an opinion uh, regarding, regarding um, vaccinations and, um, and masks a couple of years ago during the COVID pandemic. And, uh, and, and because I expressed that opinion, YouTube took off the show and banned it, banned the show, banned me for a couple of weeks, banned the show, and gave me a strike. If you get three strikes on YouTube, you're out. Now, I don't make money on YouTube. The show makes no money at all. And so I'm not worried about being demonetized because uh, it's just part of life. And, and we were never monetized to start with. So being demonetized isn't going to hurt me. Uh, but, but banned from YouTube means that our distribution for the show becomes a little less than it was before. Um, when we were on the AM, I really didn't care about YouTube. We reached the market that we wanted to reach. But since we're broadcasting solely on the internet these days, uh, I, I think that YouTube is an important tool that I need. So I can't delve deep into some topics because YouTube will get angry at me. How sad is that? How, how absolutely lunacy, what kind of lunacy is this? It's lunatic to think that you can't say what you think because some algorithm, some computer is going to say, I disagree with you and ban you from a, from a, from a network and potentially millions of viewers. It's a, luna, it's, it's, it's a lunatic situation. You should be able to say what you want. Look, I'm not forcing you to click on the link to watch this show. Nobody's holding a gun to your head saying, hey, you must listen to the Howie Silberger show. You must watch Howie Silberger. You must be there for the Howie Silberger show. Nobody's doing that. And since nobody's doing that, you have the option. I disagree with Howie. I don't want to listen to him anymore. I disagree with Howie. I don't want to. I, I'll just turn it off. I disagree with Howie. I'll just tell my friends not to listen to Howie anymore. This is the option that you have and the option that you should uh, use whenever you disagree with something or whatever you don't want. Who cares about canceling people? It's not about canceling. It's about you know, personal preference. If I don't like this show, I don't, I'm not going to watch this show. I'm not going to listen to this show. I'm not going to pay any attention to this show. But if I like this show, then I, I, I'll go there and I'll listen to them. And if I agree with the guy, I agree with the guy. If I don't agree with the guy, I don't agree with the guy. That's fine. We've lost the right. We've lost the concept of agreeing to disagree. Remember that? <laughs> some of you may. Some of you probably don't. Uh, years ago, when you had an argument with somebody and you didn't agree with them, but you wanted to stay on friendly terms because sometimes when you don't agree with someone, it could stay friendly. It's possible. You don't have to ban them, block them, and, uh, and never talk to them again. Sometimes it just stays friendly. So in the past, when you disagreed with somebody, you would end the conversation with, let's agree to disagree and move on. And agreeing to disagree meant that, okay, we didn't come to an agreement. We don't, uh, we don't view this topic in the same manner. But there's more to life than this topic. There's more to our relationship than this topic. 
So we don't see eye tie on this. Let's move on to something else. We, we, we don't want to discuss this anymore. Let's move on. We'll agree to disagree. Fine. Great. You believe in that? I believe in this? Well, okay. Who cares? We all got this sudden sense. I mean, the whole world got this sudden sense of, uh, of self-importance where my opinion is the only opinion that counts and nobody else's opinion counts. And this is how the world is running today. That if I disagree with you or you disagree with me, you block me on Facebook, you block me on Instagram, you block me on everything, you, you delete my number from your phone, you block my number, and we never, ever talk again because we disagreed on a political point of view. On a political point, a political point, by the way, that neither one of us has a chance or an opportunity or even the power to change, but we disagree on it, so therefore we can't talk to each other. How, how much sense does that make? I've done a ton of shows on a, on a ton of controversial topics. We, we talk about controversial topics on this show all the time. And sometimes, uh, sometimes I take a stance that a lot of people disagree with. I've lost tons of Facebook friends, tons of uh, real friends, tons of people that I know who don't even talk to me anymore, uh, simply because they disagreed with an opinion I expressed on this show. Tell me, that makes any sense to you? It doesn't make any sense to me. It's, it's totally illogical to me that this could happen. Yet it does, and it happens every single day. I, I did a show on masks a while back, uh, talking about the efficacy of masks. I'm not going to get into the details of the show once again because I'm going to get a strike and they're going to ban me, and uh, I don't want to go through that again. But I did a show on the efficacy of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of masks a little while back, and um, I got a message from a guy who, uh, who said, hey, I'm working on the front lines. And I could tell you uh, that you are wrong and, uh, and stop preaching false information. So I wrote him back. I said, a guy I know for a long time. We were friends for, for many, many years. And I wrote him back and I said, hey, listen, I, I'm not preaching anything. I'm expressing an opinion. And uh, I'm not a medical doctor. And I, you know, my opinions are just that. They're my opinions. Uh, now, if you want to come onto the show and express your opinion, you are more than welcome to come onto the show. How much more inviting could you be? Come on to the show. Let's talk about it. Uh, you might change my mind. It's happened where people come on the show and change my mind. I said, come on to the show and we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. We'll, um, you'll express your opinion. At least my listeners will get a different perspective. So please, come on to the show. And he said to me, maybe I will. I said, great. When do you want to do it? And he said, I'll get back to you. And then he proceeded to ban me, block me on Facebook, block me on Instagram, and ban my phone number. So after you extend a, a, an olive branch and say, hey, listen, you may disagree with me, and that's fine. We could, we could agree to disagree because uh, I don't think I'm going to change my opinion on the topic I was talking about, and I don't think anything you're going to say is going to change my opinion on this, but I'd love to hear your opinion. I'd love to present your opinion to my listenership, and, and you know, we, could, we could agree to disagree, and uh, I could agree to have you on the show expressing your opinion, and we could discuss it. I could ask you questions. You could ask me questions. We go back and forth. That's fine. I don't have a medical degree. This guy had a medical degree. I said, you might know a little more about this than I do. I mean, I'll learn something from you. Come on to the show. Instead, his reaction was, ban, block, goodbye. Never talk to you again. It's not the way humanity is supposed to work. It's not the way inter interpersonal relationships are supposed to work. It's not the way life is supposed to work. This is not how it's supposed to be. And unfortunately, this is how it is today. No matter what it is, no matter what you want to talk about, if they disagree with you, they ban you. They block you. They give you strikes. 
They tell you that you're a fascist. They tell you that you're a Nazi. They tell you that you're that you're a murderer. That you that you condone the murder of of of, of whatever. You can't express an opinion, and, and it gets harder and harder to do the show. I I I stopped doing the show for a while because I was getting thousands of emails, thousands of emails calling me all sorts of vicious names because I expressed an opinion. Now I've been doing the show for thirty years. I have pretty thick skin. But uh, the, the truth is that when you get that, man, that, that volume of email, the volume of email that, uh, that your email supplier sends you, a, sends you a message saying, hey, buddy, I don't know what's happening, but uh, you're, you're being killed with spam here. When you get that kind of email uh, over something that you said that people disagreed with and the vile stuff they were saying, I don't even want to share it with you. I could, I could read some of it here, but I don't even want to share it with you because it was so vile and disgusting and, and demented that sharing it with you would be embarrassing. It would be embarrassing for me to read the emails to you. I'd find that embarrassing. That's how bad they were. But you get those kind of emails and you wonder, should I continue doing this? Is this something that I really want to continue doing? Is this something I really want to con- you know, It's like running for politics. You know, when you run for politics... They're going to come after you, <coughs> and they're going to um, they're going to come after you. They're going to come after your family. Is it something you really want to do? Is it something you really want to put yourself through? This is why good people don't run for politics. It's very, very scary. Howie Silberger, this is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. My name is Howie Silberger, and uh, we are pre-recorded where we are recorded tonight. Um, I wanted to do a live show, but um, I decided to pre-record it as I have a lot of uh, preparation for Passover to do. Passover is coming in the next couple of days, and um, and there's a lot of work to do. So I, I, I pre-recorded the show so that at least we could be on, and the show could be on, and uh, that's why I pre-recorded it. So, as I was saying before we before the break, we we were wondering. Uh, I was wondering. Look, after I get these kind of emails, these vile, disgusting emails, condemning me, wish me death, all sorts of horrible stuff, I get these emails and I start wondering: Do I come back on and do the show again? Do I put my? I mean, I don't, I didn't feel I was putting myself into jeopardy. I've been physically attacked for shows I've done, and uh, it doesn't scare me. The, the, the threats, the physical threats don't scare me. The threats of, um, of canceling me, of writing to True Talk Radio and getting me thrown off the air doesn't scare me because I own True Talk Radio. So uh, those of you who are listening, who, who, who are getting your hopes up that you could write to the management of True Talk Radio and get me thrown out, uh, True Talk Radio belongs to me. So uh, unless I decide that I didn't like something I said and fire myself, I'm not going to get thrown off True Talk Radio. Uh, they, they were on to, uh, we're going to get you a uh, political hitman on Israel News Talk Radio. We're going to contact Israel News Talk Radio and get you thrown off there too. Okay, fine. Good luck. Uh, I, I don't get paid for any of these jobs. So getting me thrown off doesn't really affect my life. It just gives me more free time. That's, that's really all that happens. So if I stop doing the show, it just gives me some more free time. It doesn't really affect my life in one way or the other. 
I do the show because I love doing the show. I do the show because I feel that, um, that I'm giving a perspective that's not being given anywhere else and that I'm covering topics that aren't being spoken about anywhere else and that, um, and, and, and that my listenership it wants to hear this, this, this point of view expressed, which isn't being expressed anywhere else. That's why I do the show. There's no other reason for me to do this. There's no monetary value to the show. Uh, people who say I'm in this for the ratings and I just say stuff randomly because I, I want more ratings. It, it's a ridiculous argument because I don't care about the ratings. Look, you know, if nobody was listening to the show, and I know that's not the case, but if nobody was listening to the show, I would still do it. I would still do it. I wouldn't stop. Because nobody's going to stifle my voice. I'm going to be speaking my point of view. I'm going to be expressing my point of view and speaking to my audience as long as I could. There's no reason for me to ever stop. Uh, unless, of course, you know, something serious happens and that's, that, that happens occasionally where I have to stop for a little while. But in general, I'm going to keep going and nobody's going to stop me. And I get that inspiration from Passover, by the way. Passover, you know, there was no reason for the Jews to, uh, to, to believe a man who spoke to a burning bush. There was no reason for the Jews to get up and leave their comfort of their slavery and, and move off to a desert, to, 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 wander, to wander in a desert. There was no reason for the Jews to accept the, the commandments and the Torah that, that was handed down to them in the middle of Sinai. The only reason the Jews did that, the only reason they followed along, the only reason they, they, did, they did this, was because they were resilient. was because that the, uh, the belief came first. It was the right thing to do. They, they said, we will, we will do, then we will listen. And that's how I feel about the show. I will do it, and then I will listen, and then I'll do it again. So if I, if I say something wrong, or if I say something uh, that you don't like, you have many ways to contact me. In fact, there are so many ways. It's an unbelievable amount of ways to contact me. If you want, you, you can, you know, maybe I'll just put it up on the screen. Maybe, that is, uh, maybe that's a way to do it. Uh, I'm just going to set it up now as we speak. Maybe I'll just put it on the screen. Because um, there, there are so many ways to contact me. You can contact me by email, howie at truetalkradio.com. You could contact me by phone. You could dial the phone number and you can leave me a message if you want. And the phone number is 1-877-669-1292-669-1292. Uh, you can contact me by email. You could find me on Facebook, the Howie Silberger Show page. Show page on Facebook. You could find me on Instagram. I'm Howie Silberger. You could find me on Twitter. See, I'm typing all this as I'm talking. You can find me on Twitter. That's at uh, Howie Silberger. See, very easy ways to find me. And I can put them up on the screen right now so that you could see them. So if you want to contact me, and, uh, and, and, you, and you still have no clue how to do that, but you want to, you really want to contact me, um, there, there's, there's, there's many ways to do it. And um, 
there are many ways to do it. Uh, and and I will just put up on the screen right now uh, how you could do it because uh, it's important for you to know that uh, I am always available, always available to talk to you. I'm just doing the last of the uh, of the um, of this of this short uh, setup that I have to do in order to get this on screen with you. Uh, there we go. Okay, so now, so if you want to contact me, here you go. These are the contact. This is the contact information. Those are the ways to contact me. So if you want to contact me, feel free to do that. All right. So uh, that's it. We are we are done tonight. I want to thank you for joining me. I appreciate you uh, you being here, and I will see you again next show because uh, because we're always happy when you join me right here on the Howie Silberger Show. Have a great night.